shadow, no valley Where you won't find me No, I am not afraid Be far behind Always beside me No shadow, no valley Where you won't find me preach from the book of Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 46 through 52. It's a familiar set of scriptures that you've probably heard, read, and heard preached before, but it is about Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus. And I'm reading from the New Living, and the scripture says this, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, everybody say heard. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Did he whisper it? What did he do? He shouted it. He shouted it. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. Be quiet, many people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. What did he do? Shouted louder. He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Listen. They called the blind man, and they said, Cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and he came to Jesus. I need you to hear it this morning. He's calling to you. You're not here by accident today. He's calling to you. He's calling to each and every one of us because we want to know what our next step is. We want to know what's next. And I'm telling you, Jesus already has the answer because he's calling out to you this morning. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to see Jesus. He said, simply, what do you want for me to do, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. Does anybody want to see this morning? Come on, there's power in the house. The Lord is in the house. Sight can be given to the blind today. Hallelujah. And Jesus said unto him, go, your faith has healed you instantly. Everybody say instantly. The man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. He wasn't being led by somebody. He followed seeing Jesus down the road. I don't know about you, but I want to preach for just a little while. The miracle in the next step. There's a miracle in your next step. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a miracle in my next step. Does anybody believe in miracles anymore? Does anybody believe in signs and wonders anymore? I believe that blind eyes are going to be open in the house this morning. I believe the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out in the house this morning. I believe salvation is in the house this morning. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, God, for just the privilege to be in your presence. God, I thank you from the start of this service, God, to right now at the spoken of your word. God, I thank you for orchestrating, God. I thank you for placing us here to hear it, God. I pray, Lord, every distraction, God, every situation, everything that's trying to rise up and snuff out your word, God, would right now be bound up and thrown out, God. And I pray the prayer of faith right now 
now that it would begin to rise in the house that we would begin to shake off the slumber God and we would begin to seek out those miracles and signs and wonders once again Lord let us see with the vision you have for us in our life and in Jesus name we pray Jesus name we pray amen you can be seated if you're going to preach with me this morning don't make me preach by myself you're going to have to preach with me. I know Brother Morrison's going to preach with me, but you're going to have to preach with me. Everything I'm going to say this morning, you're not going to like. You know why? Because everything in my flesh doesn't always line up with everything in this word. But if I'm not in the word, if all I'm doing is tickling your ears, you better get up and you better go out and you better find somewhere else. Because when it comes to the Lord, it's not about tickling our ears. It's about making changes in my life. It's about making direction in my life. It's about moving me towards my heavenly prize. Isn't heaven still our prize? Oh, I was supposed to have you do something. Everybody stand up. Go ahead and take a step. I don't worry every way you want to take a step. Did everybody take a step? Some of you didn't step. I saw you. I told you it was going to be uncomfortable a little bit today. Go ahead and sit back down. I like activities when I preach. I like to make the congregation have some activity. I'll, I'll move all over this place. I just The Lord just gets them moving. I just get them moving. But I don't want you all to make sure you have to do something. So what is in a step? What's in it? For most people, it's... Two and a half feet. That's what's in a step, right? Isn't that where your step was? Some of you took a little baby step, but it was still a step. Some of you took a six-inch step. Some of you took a bigger step. Some of you stepped out. Have you ever seen somebody step out in faith? Do you know what it looks like to the person watching them? It looks like this. Do you know what it feels like to the person taking the step? It feels like this. <laughs> you ever been there? Anybody been there? But what's in a step? What is in a step is direction. Step is direction. Steps are normally taken forward. Some step side. You had a chair in front of you. Some moved this way. Some just took a little step. What's also in a step is position. Your step moves you from one place to another. That's what's in a step. So when we talk about the miracle in your next step, it's the miracle of direction, the miracle of position, and it's also the miracle of momentum. Because what happens when you're a baby? You ever seen a baby with a big head start to walk? They just start to go like this, and they just begin to move all over. Them. Anybody have a big head when you were a baby? Trev, I knew it. I saw you back there. I saw that thing shining back there. I appreciate your honesty. Have you ever seen some adults when they're determined? Nothing's going to get in their way. But do you know what happens to us, Christians, children of God, people who are getting trying to begin to walk in the kingdom? You know what happens? We hesitate. Do you know what is the, the crusher of momentum? Hesitation. Because when I begin to hesitate, it takes and shifts the whole balance. I begin to lose sight of my momentum. I begin to lose sight of my direction. And I begin to lose sight of my position. What was I even doing? What was I even thinking? So when you ask what is in a step, what's in a step this morning is your miracle. The very next step you take is a miracle that God has waiting for you to take it. Do you believe that this morning? Now listen. I can preach this till I'm blue in the face. And there's going to be some of you. I didn't come here today to preach to some of you. I came here the morning, this morning to preach to every one of us. 
Because there isn't a single person in this room that doesn't want a miracle to take place in their life. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't want to see miracles and signs and wonders. What happens is the enemy has clogged your eardrums. The enemy is clogged. And so for those of you that are going to preach with me, you're going to have to wait a little while because I'm going to have to get out the sledgehammer and I'm going to have to start knocking and knocking and knocking because there are people that have been defeated for so long and hesitation has come in for so long that they're standing on the edge. They feel that they're standing and they're quaking and they're not sure if they can take that step. But the reason that you're here this morning is because there is a miracle. Say it with me, miracle. miracle. Say it with me, miracle. miracle. There is a miracle waiting in your next step. Literally in your next step. God is right there going, come on, Josh. You can do it, Josh. Just take that next step, Josh. And there is going to be miracles that are going to take place. Does anybody still believe in miracles? Do you still believe the lame can be healed? Do you still believe blinded eyes can be opened? Do you still believe that God can take a family that is broken and begin to put it back together? Do you still believe that God can move in a life that's got ravaged with cancer and He can still begin to move upon that life and heal it? You still believe that? That's good, because if we believe it, why aren't we stepping for it? If we believe it, why aren't we stepping into it? I'll tell you why we're not, because the world tells you it can't happen anymore. The world tells you that it needs to be this doctor, though they help. The world tells you that it needs to be that doctor, though they help. The world tells you that it needs to be this way. The world tells you that it needs to be that way. The world tells you that it needs to be this. And you know what all that does to a child of God in the kingdom? It does this, hesitate. 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 And all the while, God is saying, I just need you to trust me. Because when you trust me, the steps are small. But as I prove my faithfulness, because he does prove his faithfulness, does he not? As I prove my faithfulness, your steps begin to get bigger. I know there's going to be times that are going to come up and you're going to look off to the side, but I'm still there. And your steps are going to keep growing and growing and growing. And there's miracles that are taking place. We shouldn't be here right now. We shouldn't be in this building right now. There shouldn't be a church in the town of normal right now. But do you know what God said? He said, I've got a plan. He said, I've got a promise. And oh yeah, by the way, I've got some miracles that I'm going to put in your life. All I need you to do is take the steps. All I need you to do is take the steps. I don't even need you to always be behind me. I just need you to agree with me and take a step forward. Because as we take a step, miracles begin to take place. Pastor Josh, what kind of miracles? I just told you what kind of miracles. Any miracle that you can think and imagine, God can put on display in your life with your next step. It's your next step. Any miracle that you can think Or imagine God can put it in your life in your next step. Do you believe that? Do we believe that? Are we walking by faith and not by sight? Because here's what happens. We get our eyes so big that we say, no way. Not possible. Not going to happen. And God says, no, that's faith. Faith is just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Faith says just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Faith says, no, I'm going to walk. I'm going to keep on walking. 
and I'm going to come across somebody in a crowded situation and there's going to be nobody there but they're going to need the touch of God and I'm going to stretch out my hand and I'm going to believe that they're going to rise up, take everything that they have and they're just going to begin to walk. Is there anybody there? Have we been crushed down too much? Have we been beaten down too much that we don't believe God can still work in situations? I'm not trying to talk to you today to encourage you to feel better about yourself. What I'm talking and trying to preach this morning and God sent me here for is because there is power in the Holy Ghost. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power and authority to bind up the things on this earth so that miracles can take place in our lives. A miracle is in your next step. Listen. Here's what two things are going to happen today. This is what God sent me. I already showed you the hammer. Here's two things that are going to happen. By the time of this service, you're either going to believe a miracle is in your next step, or you're going to be all afternoon going, why did he keep saying there's a miracle in my next step? That's just going to be it. Because here's the thing. The world constantly wants to drip you down and drain you down. It wants you to get weary. It wants you to get heavy so that you just say, well, I've gone far enough. You haven't. I haven't. We haven't. There are miracles still to be performed. Do you know that there's prophetic in the Bible that is still taking place? We're learning about it on Thursday nights. We're learning about the history of it. But we're also getting ready to come in the prophetic of what's to come. Can I tell you that if there are still things to come, there are still miracles to take place. Do you think he put them in a book so that we could only read about them? No, you know why he put them there? Because he said every step you take, there's going to be a miracle. Every step you move, there's going to be, I don't know what's tomorrow holds. Miracle. What happens if you would wake up thinking that there's a miracle going to take place? That family that you've been praying for, what would happen if you woke up tomorrow and you said, miracle, they're coming back to the Lord today. Miracle, my relationships are mended. What would happen if we would begin to grab a hold of this? I know what you're thinking. I wonder who he's preaching to today. Who's getting the miracle? Who is it? Raise your hand if you want it. Raise your hand if you want it. Because everybody that raised your hands, I know you think it's silly. Why did he have me raise his hand? You know what it is? Everybody that raised their hand is going to get it. Everybody that seeketh will findeth. Everybody that knocketh, he will open. Everybody that calls, he will answer. There is an interesting fact about Pentecost that I didn't, was not raised in Pentecost. In the first Pentecostal service that I ever went to, matter of fact, I said, y'all are crazy. I don't want no part of this. And now look at me. I'm a United Pentecostal Church preacher, and I got a church in the town of Normal. So be careful what you say sometimes. But here's an interesting fact that if you come from the world outside of Pentecost, you get around us, and you start to think that we're just crazy. We're not crazy. What we are is hungry for the supernatural. And can I tell you, though God will hear you here, this does not draw anybody's attention. This does not draw the eyes of the Lord or seeking to and fro for what? A worshiper. A calling out, if you would. That's the reason that blind Bartimaeus, he shouted. And what they tried to do, they tried to quiet him up. They said, shh, stay over there. But he said, no, 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 I'm too close. I'm too close now to turn back. I've got to step into my miracle. So instead of wondering today who the miracle is for, what if we started going, the miracle's for me? 
Don't get in my way, Tiff. I got a miracle coming. You need to get out the way. Don't get in my way, Tori. Don't get in my way, Ryan. I got a miracle. You better get out of my way because God's got a miracle coming for me in my life. What would happen if we started to get that attitude? Then you know what that attitude does? That attitude now goes, come on, Tiff, we got a miracle. Come on, Tiff, we got a miracle. Come on, Tori. Come on, Ryan. Then we start to grab people with us, and we just start to see miracles after miracles after miracles. We said, Bradley said last week, we are a city set up on a hill. A light, a beacon, in a community. You know what's going to get somebody's attention? More than just church on a Sunday? Miracles. You know what's going to happen when you go to your job and you say, you need to hear about this miracle. It can be the smallest of miracles. But you know what? When you start to say something's a miracle, I had this pain in my side. I took a step. Miracle. God took that pain all the way from my side. You know what happens when you start to testify about that? People start to say, miracles still happen? Oh, yes, they do. Let me tell you about Jesus. And then we start looking for miracles because every step we take, we're like, all right, where is it? I see it. Where is it? And the momentum begins to push you forward. And the, the position begins to take you with Christ. Because when we get out of the will of the Lord, there's no miracles. When we walk away, there's no miracles. But boy, when we're in the vein. Boy, when we're in line with the word. Oh, miracles, miracles, miracles. I'm looking at a church that is in line and positioned with God. I'm looking at a church that shouldn't be saying, where are the miracles? I'm looking at a church that be saying, there's the miracle. There's the miracle. There's the miracle. There's the miracle. That's what we should be saying, church. That's the beauty of God's word this morning. The message is for any who have an ear. Last I checked, I checked all your ears before you came in. You all had two. You have to check now. You just don't know. So I checked. You guys thought I was looking at up here. I was just like, two ears. Good. Because if you have an ear, let them hear. If you leave this morning, if you leave this morning, and you don't look for your miracle in your next step, it's not because the word didn't preach it. It's because you didn't want to hear it. You got to clean, clean, clean. There is a miracle in your next step. My life is good. Okay, there's a miracle in your next step. There's a miracle in your next step. I got some bad news you don't understand. There's a miracle in your next step. Do you know when the greatest time for God to show out is? Is when we are at our worst. Because you know that's when he went to Calvary. In the moment that you think is the worst in your life, that's when he said, I got you. That's when he said, reconciled debt, cha-ching, taken care of. That's when he said, I love him too much to let him go through that. That's when he said, I've got all this taken care of. That's when he said, I've got a plan and a promise. That's when he said, abundance is going to overflow in your life. I'm just foolish enough to still believe in miracles and signs and wonders. I'm just foolish enough to still believe that an arm could begin to grow where there was no arm. I'm just foolish enough to still believe that God, the God of all the universe that sits high upon the precipice, can begin to speak and things will begin to come back to life. And what was once dead will now begin to thrive. I'm still foolish just enough to believe that when we respond to the word of God, the heavens open up and the cloven tongues as of life set upon all of them in the upper room will begin to fill this house. I 
miracles and the signs and the wonders. The question this morning is not do I believe it. The question is do you? Do you? God brought you here. God brought you here today to shake us. To shake us, to say, am I just going through the motions, God? Or do I still believe what your word says? Do I just believe what I want to read? Or do I believe the fullness of the book, God? Because when I read the fullness of your book, there are miracles and signs and wonders from the beginning all the way to the end. There never was a break where God said, well, I'm just tired today. It was time after time. It was when he spoke upon the deep that the waters parted. It was when he separated the seas in Moses' time. And it was Jesus in the New Testament on Calvary. I've heard it time and time again. Time and time again. And I'll say it this morning. Life is not measured by how many times we fall, but how many times we get up. When we fall and we get up, that's the starting point. That's not the finishing point. It's just like the cross. The cross isn't the end. The cross is the start. The cross is the beauty of reconciliation so that we can move to three days later. The tomb was empty and now we can walk with the Spirit of God living inside of us. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Steps. Steps. Steps have to take place. Our bodies were created to move. Did you know that if you stopped moving, according to science... I'll let you figure out who's science. That's hard to figure out these days. But did you know that according to science, if you stop moving, diabetes, heart disease, illness begin to take place immediately upon your body? Did you know that? Did you know that if you stop moving, mental illness begins to affect your brain, brain rot? begins to take place because there is no interaction in your physicality. The brain has nothing to do. It doesn't have to tell the central nervous system what to do. It doesn't have to tell the heart what to do. So everything just begins to shut down long term. If we stop moving for too long, guess what happens? We don't get up. Death. Death will literally overcome our bodies. If you sit long enough in one place, people that are in comas, they have to take the bed and rotate the bed to keep the central nervous system and the vascular beginning to move and everything. But do you know that if, if we do that as individuals, death? Here's the thing about the Bible, and I've told you this time and time again, that often what is true in the natural is true in the spiritual. Church, if you've been sitting in the same pew for the last eight months, that's, there's no movement there. If there's no growth in the Bible, you know what's going on in your spirit? It's slowly dying. I'm coming and sitting on a pew, Pastor. What more do you want for me? It's not what more that I want for you. It's what more God has for you. Say, oh, it's what more God has for you to do. From the beginning of the service to right now, God is orchestrating steps that we are not just supposed to be dead and dormant and check mark a box, but we are supposed to be moving in the kingdom. We are supposed to be active in the kingdom. I was praying about this and the Lord pressed upon me. Getting up is important. Getting up is necessary. Getting up is number one. But when we face the issue and we've got up, now we've got to take the step. Now we've got to put a foot in front of ourselves. We've got to begin to move. Because if we just stay stationary, death will begin to creep in from the smallest outer extremities. It's called leprosy. If you really want me to go that far, I wasn't going that way today. But it's like leprosy. It'll attack the outside organs and it'll just begin to move. That's sin. 
The reason we don't move with God is because we're no longer following. And when we're no longer following, we don't know what to do and we don't know where to go. It begins to move. And it's in our first step. Everybody say next step. It's in your next step. That's the thing that the enemy does not want you to hear this morning. It is in your very next step that the miracle takes place. It is in your very next step. Oh, I just, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And it's the enemy constantly telling you, you've made a lot of mistakes. You put yourself in a bad way. Don't even try. And you know why? Because he knows that there's a miracle, literally an inch right in front of you. That if you just took that step, God would be there. And every step after that, do you know that every step after, it's just not repositioning, it's a chance for a miracle. It's a time for a miracle. It's a time for an opportunity for God to do what He wants. It's math. If we look in Acts 2, the church was added to daily. Acts 5, the Lord added believers. Acts 11, much people were added. Step, step, step. The church just began to step after step after step and miracle after miracle. Then in Acts 6, multiplication. Acts 12, multiplication. The miracle is in the multiplying. God begins to grow and He begins to move. Everybody say, next step. God wants to move and put a miracle in our lives this morning. The word your is a personal pronoun. This is where I love the Bible because the Bible is so personal. We gather together as a collective body, but the word your is personal. It doesn't, it doesn't depend on what is happening to you. It's yours. It doesn't change by your situations around you. It's yours. It doesn't depend on what others do. It's yours. I can't blame mine on Chris because it's mine. It's yours. God has stuff in our life. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says this, But you, you, everybody say you. You are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show forth the goodness of God who has called you out of darkness, into His marvelous light. It's yours. The enemy can't take that away from you. It's yours. Step one in taking your first step is you got to possess it. You have to own it. You have to claim it. You have to be responsible. You have to make it yours. It can't be my first step. I want it. I want to help. We all want to help. People wanted to help me. And you know what I did? Leave me alone. I got this figured out. I had a bald head and a goatee at the time. I looked pretty intimidating. I said, look at this face. Look at this head. Does it look inviting? Don't be coming over here and telling me how to live my life. I was owning it. You know what I was owning? My destruction. I was owning my pity. I was owning my self-doubt. I was owning all of that. All the while, people wanted to help me, but you know what they couldn't do? No matter how hard my parents kicked, and they kicked pretty hard. No matter how hard people wanted to help, it was my job to take the first step. It was my job to own that step. It's personal. The step can't be made by somebody else. You see, the only thing preventing you from your miracle is you. It's not the enemy, church. It's not the devil. He had done been defeated. He had done been booted. His head has done been crushed. It's a promise in the scripture. It is a promise in the scripture. 
Here's where it gets hard for me to hear. Because the only one preventing me from my miracle is me. You know how bad that hurts? You know how bad that stings at times? Because you know what the problem is? I've trapped myself to me. I've convinced myself that all of that trouble is because of me. And I'm not allowed the miracle to take place because I started to own the stuff back there. I've started to own that stuff. That's why the the your comes before the next, which is next. Because here's the great thing about next. It's not back there. It's right there. It's the future. The problem is, is we've been living so long back there that we started to possess yours back there. And God came in and delivered so that we no longer have to possess yours. We can possess what's next because it's your next. It changes the direction. It changes the position because no longer are you facing this way. You've done turned and the direction and the position is now facing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you begin to move. Next simply means nearest in proximity, space, or position. Something that follows immediately. As soon as I get the understanding that this book was written for me and this book was written to me, you know what changes? Everything in here is God's promise now to me. This becomes mine. That doesn't work in our situation, but it becomes yours. This book. Everything. I don't know everything in there. That's okay. I'll read it. God will reveal it. I'll find out. But every time I hear it, I'm going to speak it. Every time I hear it, I'm going to possess it. Every time I hear it, it's going to be mine, and I'm going to claim it. And then now what comes next is Jesus is immediately in front of me. Proximity has changed. Space and position has changed because something is coming next. It doesn't mean we're dead. Do you see that? When we were back there, we were dead. But now that we change, what's coming next is life. If we're not dead, we have a future. Behold, I hold the future. Life is worth the living just because you live, right? Didn't we sing that? Don't make me sing this morning. You don't want no part of that. If we have a future, then you know what the word tells me? God designed it. God designated it. God put it before me. Jeremiah 2.11, you don't believe me? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not for disaster and to give you a future and a hope. Well, that was just for Israel. Oh, really? Is that where you want to divide the line? Because I'm pretty sure every word that's in this book was written for me. Because I'm pretty sure that this is mine. Just like this is yours. The question is, do we want to hear it this morning? Next is, behind, ne- next is not behind you. Next is not in the past. Next is not yesterday's miracle. Next is what I'm looking for in the future for what God has for me. It's not years away. It's the next step away that God has a miracle for us. Next next means we can leave all that stuff back there and we can follow what God has for our future. There's a song that my wife loves to play in the mornings. It reminds me of what next would be if it were a song. That's not the title of this song, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to speak it for you just to save you a little bit of trouble on the ears. But the song says this, trouble knocking at my door today. I ain't going to let it in. I ain't going to let it in. And worry want to steal my joy away, but I ain't going to let it win. 
Because on my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day. And you know why? He's the reason why. He's the reason why. That reminds me so much of next. Because I don't know what's in front of me. I don't know how I'm going to feel when it's time to take that step. But you know what I know? That nothing's going to keep me down. Nothing's going to hold me back because what my God has is so much greater. And it's because He's the reason why that I'm going to take that step. And I'm going to see those miracles and signs and wonders. Number three in your next step is the step. Movement. Lifting up your foot and putting it in another spot. You can't grow without movement. Movement, as I said, stimulates blood circulation. It stimulates the brain. The Bible is all about movement and steps. John 7 and 38. Anyone who believes in me, come and drink. He's calling again. Come. Come and drink, for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from your heart. Not pools. Rivers. Rivers. Rivers that will begin to see miracles take place. Rivers that will begin to see water begin to well up. Rivers that will begin to bring life to the dry deserts. Rivers. If we're dead, we stop moving. Before death, you know what comes? Stagnation. Don't think that you can get caught up in all this and you just don't see stagnation. Stagnation begins to take place. Stagnation is where death begins to start its slow process. Stagnation is where stench become, begins to come alive. Stagnation is where bugs and beetles and insects and things that eat on dead begin to gather. Stagnation is the leading, is the precursor to that death. Not rivers. Rivers are beautiful. Rivers are where life is. River doesn't, rivers don't stink. You ever smelled something that smelled bad? What would you do to get the smell out of your nose? You walked away. There are things... People, positions, there are times in my life personally that I had came to a standstill and stagnation began to take place. And you know what I did? I sat there and I said, do you smell that? I sat there and bring people into my life and I said, do you smell that? I told you it wasn't going to be easy this morning because this has happened to all of us. And I said, come over here. You ever told somebody to come smell something? What's really weird is we all do too, right? Oh, 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 why did I do that? But what happens is, is my life gets, I don't move and I become stagnant. And things begin to get on me and it starts to smell. And I say, Chris, come over here, you got to smell this. And I bring him in. And if he's not careful, he gets stuck in it with me. But do you know the only thing that can prevent that is a step? Step takes away stagnation. If you go to a pond that's stagnant and you stir it, you know what happens? Life begins to take place in it. Life, it's that simple. That's why the step is that simple. The step is so simple that it begins to bring life. There is nothing flowing out of in or stagnation. But as soon as we take that step, God begins to bring life in there. God begins to bring movement. It's why it's, why it's so simple. To understand that there is a miracle in your next step. Because God doesn't want anything but life for us. Maybe God's calling you to repent this morning. Maybe God's calling you to baptism this morning. Maybe God's calling you to earnestly seek the Holy Ghost. Maybe God is pressing for us to reach out to lost loved ones this morning. Maybe God is pressing us to have faith. And to share our faith with a co-worker. I don't know what the miracle is that God has in front of you. Tomorrow, 
or the time next time you take that step. What I do know is that he's faithful. And there is a miracle waiting in that next step for you. If you, if you could say if anybody had an excuse not to take a step, it would have been blind Bartimaeus, wouldn't it? He didn't really have a reason to take that step, did he? We don't know how long he was blind. The Bible does give us an idea. All we know is that he was a beggar on the side of the road and he couldn't see. All, all literally, literally he couldn't see his next step. The Bible in Mark 10 and also in Matthew 20 gives us insight into the story. His name was Bartimaeus, like I said. And here he was on the side of the road with his beggar's coat. You know what a beggar's coat was? to determine who the proper beggars were. You guys ever see people on the street asking for money? You're not sure who they are, are you? Because we've been fooled so many times that they go get in their nice Teslas and they just drive away. This was given to Bartimaeus during his time to show that he was a true beggar. He was a true beggar so that they knew and it had this flap in the front so when he sat down, the money would land there. It was part of his coat. It was who he was. We can make guesses about Bartimaeus, but all that we need to know is that he couldn't see. He couldn't provide for himself. He had no way about it. We don't know how he got to his spot. Did somebody bring him? How long he was there for? We don't know any of it. We know there was no assistance to him. We know that life was hard day and night. Day and night he begged for food. He would hear a sound and he would say, alms for the poor. Help me, I'm blind. He would hear a noise. Can you imagine the darkness? Could you imagine the trial? Here's what I want us to get to understand. We don't have it tough. We don't have it tough. We're blessed. We have bad situations and bad trials, but we don't have it tough. I've got my sight, I've got my hearing, I've got my taste, I've got my five senses. What more do I need? You know what I need is I need a miracle. I need a miracle and all i got to do is step. And you know what's great about it? I've got the ability to step. You know what's great about it? We have the ability to take that step. But here Bartimaeus was, blind, sitting on the side of the road. And every time he heard a sound, he began to beg. Something changed though. Sounds begin to sound different to Bartimaeus because he would hear as people walked by and he said, alms for the poor. He would hear stories if you'd allow me to push into the Bible a little bit. He would hear people going, I can't believe he healed her. I can't believe she had an issue of blood for so long and she just touched the hem of his garment and he was healed. And Bartimaeus' ears perked up. Who is this? And then another band would walk by and they would say, I can't believe he took that spittle and he just put it on their eyes and they went to the pool of Shalom and the blindness was gone. Blindness? This man can heal blindness? Who is this man? His name is Jesus, they would say. Jesus, son of David. And Bartimaeus would wait and he would go with anticipation. But do you know what Bartimaeus wasn't doing? He wasn't moving. It's why it's not good enough just to be in church. Because Bartimaeus was there waiting and waiting and waiting. But it wasn't until God called him that he took that step and his miracle took place. If we're just going to come and sit, we're going to miss the miracles. If we're just going to come and be a part, we're going to miss the miracles. But oh, that day when the crowd got a little large, Bartimaeus was really good at hearing. He was really good. Something was up that day. He was sitting he was positioned, he was there, and he was waiting, and he began to hear this name, Jesus. Did I hear that right? Jesus. 
And it began to stir him to the point that he began to shout out to Jesus. He began to shout out. There was no way that he was going to be stifled. Somebody here this morning, you have come this far. You have listened this long. All God God is waiting for you to do is make that shout out. Because when you shout out, there is a response and a call that has already come to heaven. And we grab a hold of that and we get in line with that. And we begin to walk in March because as soon as Jesus heard that call, he said, don't quiet him down. Let him come to me. And Bartimaeus took that beggar's jacket and he said, I'm not coming back to you, buddy. I know Jesus has the ability to heal all my wounds. Stand with me this morning. God is pressing. God is pressing us here this morning, church. There are some of us that are ready to walk into the miracle. And there are some of us that are unsure of if we're going to walk in the miracle, or if there is a miracle even there to be had. And what I want to go back is to that first point. It's only you that's preventing you from the miracle today, because God has been here. God has already established this place before we ever even moved in here. God has it set in mind for what the miracle is that He has for us today. The question is, do we want to walk into it? Like He did to Bartimaeus, Jesus is calling us this morning. Matthew 11 and 28, come to me, come to me, come to me. Who will respond to this call this morning? Throw off your old coat. Throw off what's back there and step out into God this morning. These altars are open. Don't stay in your seat. Let God move you to an altar this morning. Let God begin to talk to you this morning. Let God begin to make a way where it seems that there is no way in the house this morning come there is a miracle in your next step this morning there is a miracle just in front of you this morning and all it requires is you to step out step out and God who is faithful and just is here to meet us this morning 